Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the final word. Where were we before we were interrupted? I'm Albie Oxenreiter. Welcome back to the final word. By now, you know that this is a show that invites you into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. Admit it, you missed us. Let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists. Please welcome from the Trib, also a Steelers radio host, Tim Benz. Hi, Tim. Well, Albie, I was thrilled to hear that on August the 14th, Metallica is going to be playing PNC <laughs> Park, and I sure hope they play one of my favorite songs, The God That Failed, because as Pirates fans can tell you, if God is a Pirates fan, he most assuredly has failed. From our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, Chris Carter. Albie, I want to say a special birthday shout-out to Justin Jones, a personal hero and friend of mine, also a local Special Olympian who's won an ESPY award. Justin, hope you had a great birthday, brother. Justin, happy birthday. I'll second that. Also from DK Pittsburgh Sports, Dale Lolly. Hi, Dale. Hey, Albie. Uh, the Olympics are finally over. We've got all the gold right here. <laughs> That's right. I like the way he says that. Some of the topics we're talking about tonight, we're looking for five words on how the Penguins stack up in the Metro. It's NFL Combine Week. Is there too much emphasis on the events this week? How important to the Steelers' success is it to have a franchise QB? How can MLB come out of the lockout with something that will draw fans back? And, of course, your final word. But first, the night's big topic. Do the Penguins need to do something at the trade deadline? Tim, start us off. Yes, they do. I think they need to get more secondary scoring. Uh, the eternal, do they get a winger for Sid or Geno conversation? This year it's definitely about Geno. Uh, I think they need some more help on his wing so he's not trying to do everything on his own. Uh, I don't think that he's been aided in his comeback from injury by the guys he's been playing with. I just don't know what sort of assets they have to give up to get something of substance, nor do I know how much of an appetite there is to shake things up chemistry-wise, seeing as how they've had balance and decent team chemistry to get them to this point so far this season. All right. Chris, you're next. I th I'm right with Tim. The biggest thing they need is another winger to join to join Malkin's line to boost things there. Kapanen has not worked out, but there's a guy on a team who I think might be able to work it out. And I'm talking about Brock Besser of the Canucks. Brock Besser is a 25-year-old guy. He scored 15 goals in less games than Kapanen's played. Kapanen's only scored nine. He's a player who could be young, come in, infuse energy into that line. He's on the last year of his deal. He's a restricted free agent next year. He would cost $7.5 million to the Canucks, who really aren't in the, in the conversation this year. That could be a move that energizes the team a little bit, gets them that extra score Tim's about, and puts them right into having maybe a top three, top five, top six group in the league. All right, Dale? I disagree. Um, you know, I, I think this team has been playing pretty well. I, I know they lost a couple of games this week. They've come back and, and won a couple here. Uh, and, and so I, I don't know if I want to upset the apple cart here. And I also don't want to continue to kick the can down the road with this group. At some point, and I said this last year, you have, to, you have to start keeping some first-round draft picks. You can't continue to trade away your draft capital because 
Sid and Gino and, and, and the other guys, Latang and, and the others, aren't going to be here forever. At some point, you're going to have to replace those guys. All right. And the trade deadline, three weeks from tomorrow. A reminder, or yeah, from tomorrow. A reminder to keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on how the Penguins stack up in the Metro. I thought we were after midnight already. All right. This one says, Hextall can make them better. Also from Twitter, good, unless they play the Hurricanes. And finally, good, but not good enough. Now, Tim, Chris, and Dale, five words. How the Pens stack up in the Metro. Tim, your five words. Very little separation at all. I see the four teams in the Metro uh, packed very close together, and I do think that Carolina has the ability to separate. They might be starting to do so, but, I mean, you look at the games that the Penguins had against them and the Rangers, and what would you see? Sidney Crosby with the puck on his stick, almost sweeping it into the net um, right at the end of the game against Carolina. You saw a one-goal game against the Rangers uh, on a power play goal from Evgeny Malkin, and even today against the Blue Jackets, who aren't completely out of it but close, uh, you know, that game was also very, very tight. So from my point of view, I think you see a very packed Metro division uh, from the top four and maybe even beyond that a little bit. All right, Chris, five, uh, five words. Competitive road against the Rangers. They play, the, they play that team. It was a great game you know, as far as close competition, the kind of hockey you want to see late in the year. But now you're going to have to face that team more. You're, gonna have, you're going down this final stretch. You're going to need to, to test the medal. But good thing for the Penguins, they've got the guys who've been through these wars a lot. Sid, Crosby, Latang, everybody that's there, they know. They can tell all, all the guys that are young, even Gensel, Russ, those guys. They can tell everyone who hasn't been part of these journeys before, this is what it's about. This is, what, this is the time to step up in these big games and live up to these big moments I think that they're right in the position to do so they can if they keep playing the Rangers that well they keep coming out on top I think that sets a great tone going into the playoffs Dale stacking up against the Metro five words second place behind the Hurricanes and, and while second place isn't necessarily what you want to do uh, it, it's not a bad spot I, I think that you know again I think this is a team that that has some you know guys on the on the roster who who have experience winning in the playoffs not recently but they do have experience winning in the playoffs you'll take your chances in some of these you know, some of these series against some of these other teams I, I think they have a good roster um, you don't have to finish first in your division to win it all they didn't they finished first last year and didn't, and didn't get out of the first round so you know I, I think when you look at this uh, you know, get your team ready to, to play in the postseason. You're going to be in the postseason and see what happens from there. All right. Thank you, guys. Still to come, it's NFL Combine Week. Is there too much emphasis on the events of this week? From Twitter, yes, we don't know how good these players will be until they suit up in the NFL. Tim, Chris, and Dale jump into that question when the final word Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Tim Benz, Chris Carter, Dale Lawley, and it's NFL Combine Week. Is there too much emphasis on the events of this week? Dale, start us off with this one. Well, you know, I don't think that there is. I think there may be too much emphasis about what happens on the field uh, with, with fans, and I understand it's televised and you get a chance to see these guys run and jump and do all those things. What isn't over, what can't be overemphasized, however, of what this thing was really meant to do, and that's to get everybody together to do the medicals, which are huge, 
and then the interview processes that take place where, where players can meet with every team. Those can't be overstated. Those are very important to these prospects. All right, let's go back to Twitter. Who really watches? Well, we know who watches. Tim, you're next. <laughs> Not as much as maybe you're thinking, Albie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do think that it can be overvalued sometimes. <laughs> I think if you fall in love with some of the physicals and there's not enough tape on the player to meet what they do in shorts and in time situations without opposing players and tension of the game breathing down their necks, I do think sometimes guys can get overinflated at the combine. Um, and I think sometimes maybe you forget about great tape if they're a couple tenths of a second slow or they didn't jump quite as far or the ball didn't come out of their hand quite as hot. I just think sometimes we can all be creatures of the moment and forget what we spent a lot of months evaluating when it comes to some of these players. I think it's up to the individual teams, the talent evaluators to walk that balance and some do it better than others. Chris, thoughts on the combine? I, I kind of with the overinflation comment that you know, when it comes to, to, to Tim's point is that there's going to be certain people out there that overinflates everything, you know, the 40-yard dash, who's the fastest, and that's going to make people rise faster than they should. But I also think that the right people who are doing it, which, you know, that's the good scouting departments, what the Steelers have cons consistently shown, the, they'll know what numbers actually need to be shown. You know, if you're looking at linebackers, you're looking at often broad jumps, especially at edge rushers. If you're looking at linemen, it's the same thing. You, you want to look at shuttle times to see how quick people can change direction, get back up to top speed and, and move and move laterally and move quickly. Those things are going to be confirmed or denied at the, at, the, at the end of this week, and that's the big deal is that we'll see those things. So if you're looking at it objectively, you'll see the right things. But there's, there's going to be people that blow up the wrong things and get hyped up and say, ooh, Zachary Wilson, he threw a great pass one time against no defense. That, that's not what you need to be hyped up about. What you need to do is match the tape, See what, the, see what a profile is, and make sure you're getting closer to a T.J. Watt or a Bud Dupree than getting a Jarvis Jones. All right, now the number one Steelers question that we're following this offseason. Back to Chris. How important to the Steelers' success is it to have a franchise quarterback? Well, long term, it's, it's essential. You, you, you need a franchise quarterback to be, I think it helps, it helps cover up the biggest amount, amount of mistakes that you can if you have the right, the, the right quarterback on your team. The problem is I don't think that they're, they can find that guy this year without selling out the roster, and that's the issue that, that the Steelers are in. The, this is not the quarterback class. Malik Willis has a high ceiling but a very low floor. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I like Kenny Pickett a lot as a leader. I think he's still. I think his ceiling isn't high enough for what the Steelers need to do right now. The Steelers could – Add to their offensive line. They have a ton. They're, they're going to have a ton of cap space when they make the restructures happen. They can boost boost up the defense, get a couple stars there, and all of a sudden you're going to look like a lot like the, the 49ers, who with Jimmy Garoppolo have been in the NFC Championship two times out of the last three years. Do that, and I think that next year you could trade up, do what the Chiefs did to get Mahomes, trade up and get your actual quarterback for the future. All right, thank you for that. We just uh, back to Twitter. We just need a quarterback who can take snaps from under center execute play action and move around to buy time and pick up yards occasionally. We don't need a pseudo GM or high priced name. All right, Dale, that's a lot to think about there. What do you think? That guy just described uh, Mason Rudolph. <laughs> right. That's what I think. Uh, look, I, I've been doing this a long time. I've covered a team. I just finished my 28th season of covering the Steelers and they haven't had a franchise quarterback in all 28 of those seasons. Um, I covered uh, the game in, in Kansas City this year was my 37th playoff game covered. Uh, you know, that's more than the, than anybody who's covered the, the Browns or the Bengals or any of these other teams that you want to talk about in the division that everybody's so hyped up about. Uh, they can get 
to the to the Super Bowls, as Chris said. You can you can get deep into the playoffs. You can even go to Super Bowls without a franchise quarterback. That being said, it's much easier to do it with one. All right, Tim. Yeah, you can, but they won't next year because they're not as good as a lot of those teams that Dale covered back before they had Ben Roethlisberger. And they only got two of the Super Bowls and won the Super Bowls when they had one, well, at least since Neil O'Donnell anyway. And there's a gap, I think, that exists um, in the logic of, well, they did it in the 90s and they did it in the early Heinz Field era to get to AFC Championship games and Super Bowls without a franchise guy at quarterback because the rest of the talent on the team was better. Now back to the original question, how essential is it? Well, that depends on what their goal is for this year. If their goal is to be uh, a, an AFC championship contender, then they better have a franchise quarterback to pull along the rest of the team so that they can be a 12-13 win team, maybe get a bye and maybe get to the AFC championship. Uh, if their goal is just to make it into the playoffs again, well, then they can get Carson Wentz, whose numbers were similar to Ben Roethlisberger's, and be the seventh seed with nine wins again. All right. A lot to think about. Combine week. Baseball and the ongoing lockout now. Tim, back to you. How can Major League Baseball come out of this lockout with something that will draw fans back? How do they come back with something that can draw fans back? They can have a salary floor and a salary cap. I think people, especially in markets like Pittsburgh, uh, who are also hockey fans, saw what happened when hockey went away for a year and came back with a better system. People were into it once more. Now, if there's the Sidney Crosby of baseball kicking around out there that the Pirates can get, that won't hurt. But, you know, like, Albie, in your sportscast, when I heard Major League Baseball say, well, we might have to start canceling games if we don't get an agreement done by the early part of this week, the first thing that popped into my head was, was that a threat or a promise? I want the lockout. I'm rooting for the lockout. I want what happened in hockey to happen in baseball because that's what they need to fix the system is maybe a year away to get everybody into panic mode to figure out how to fix this thing the right way. All right. On Twitter, just start on time. If they don't and a lot of games are missed, the fan backlash will be worse than 1995. There's not that many left. What's he talking about? <laughs> Can't lose what you don't have. Right. No, I, I'm right with uh, on that, Tim. I think um, in the salary cap, the salary floor, those are the biggest things th things for me. Teams, you, fans want to see some some substantial change to how this league is run. And you know, there's fans of those teams in the small markets, smaller markets like like Pittsburgh that are that are waiting to say, man, we just want our team to be able to compete, and we don't want to we, we don't want to have an owner that's that's allowed to spend thirty million dollars a year a, 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 on on a team when that's how some teams are how much teams are spending on simply their top two players or even just one player. They got. They got to change that part of the system, and maybe some fans will start to pay more attention. Well, Dale, for that reason, isn't this an opportunity for teams like the Pirates to take a stand? Yeah, I mean, they should. I mean, there has to be some kind of salary cap, and as they mentioned, salary floor. It works in every other major sport. Baseball's the only one that doesn't have one. Baseball's the only one with the, with the completely out-of-whack salary structure. What are we missing here? Yeah, and Albie, they can do it. I mean, if they can figure out how to do the luxury tax, they can kind of go in the other direction and have a, I can't think of the backwards of a luxury floor, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Like, they can figure out a way to slide it so that what you're spending is represented. They represent could call it a poorhouse, Tim. What's that? They could call it the poorhouse. All right. Whatever. I, I got to cut you off because Dean is yelling in my ear. Right, Dean? <laughs> yes, he is. When we come back around the horn on any topic, the final word is next.
final word. Welcome back. It's time for the final word. Everybody gets a chance. Dale, you're first. You know, LB, everybody's gotten accustomed to the idea over the last decade of a quarterback going number one overall in the draft, and that's, that's the idea that you have to do. And, and if there's not a guy that's number one overall, then there must be no quarterbacks that are going to be any good in the draft. If you look back at the 2017 draft, that's the last time there wasn't a quarterback taken number one overall. Mitch Trubisky went two overall in that draft, Boy. and then we didn't see another one taken until the 10th and 12th picks. Those guys were Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Uh, just because it, you, the guy doesn't go in the top 10 or the top five or the top overall pick doesn't mean he can't become a star. Tim, final word. They are going to, in Indianapolis, talk about overtime again and maybe shaking up the rules for overtime. And I don't care what they do. I just want the complaining to stop because every time they change a rule, we come up with something else to whine about when we don't get a game in the playoffs that we think ends fairly. So if they want to give each team the ball in overtime at least once, I'm fine with that. But then let's not complain when the overtimes keep going because the offenses never get stopped and we're in three overtimes because Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are too good. Because you know what? That's coming. Final word, Chris. Everyone's going to talk about quarterback and offensive line for Steelers needs, but I don't think that people should overlook the importance of finding another linebacker out there. And this is through the draft or free agency. But in the draft, I think this is a very good clash. you got guys up top like Devin Lloyd and Kobe Dean. I lean more to Devin Lloyd, but I think he'll be gone by the time the Steelers pick. But I wouldn't overlook guys like Chad Muma and, and uh, Asamoah out of, out of um, Oklahoma. There's a lot of really good athletes who could pair well with Devin Bush, be some of those run stuffers the Steelers need while also helping in coverage. You can also get some free agents this year. I think Brian Flores being in the mix with the linebacker group could very much help with that job. All right. Thank you all. And I think I speak for everybody when I say it's great to be back. Of course, our first show post-Olympics and our first show after the recently completed football season. Lots coming up in the next couple months. March Madness, NHL trade deadline, NFL free agency, maybe baseball, Penn's playoffs, and the Masters. Glad to be back on track and glad you're with us tonight. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Tim, Chris, and Dale. See you next time.